podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. FML Euros. Euros. I'm Milan. Uh, this is our Fantasy Euros debut pod. We'll dive into the rules of the game, some overarching strategies, and just fucking regular, regular old banter. How are That's you? Great. It's good to be back. I'm a little oh under God. the weather, so I apologize if I'm uh, sniffling. Sniffling, coughing, blowing yeah. your nose. Yeah, it's not. It's- it's still great to hear your voice. Uh, it's great to be talking about Euros. <laughs> <laughs> and to be back with you, friend. Oh, and our listeners, our of glorious course. listeners. Uh, on that note, PSA to join our Fantasy Euro League. We have the league code on the website, fmlpl.com. Click leagues. I don't know. There's like 100-ish people in there now. So it'll be good. It'll be fun. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll be good. This site is such a fucking nightmare. It is so incredibly bad. It's the worst thing ever. God damn it. Yeah, they there were so many times where I would make like eight transfers at once and then it just wouldn't save. Oh, yeah. And you just have to do them like one at a time to make sure it like saves them. It's yeah. just such a nightmare. Yeah, it's terrible. All right, opening question from the god Luke Thunshot. He says, have either of you ever played soccer in real life at any level, like on an actual team and shit? What's your deal? Yeah, I mean, we grew up in the burbs of New York City, so ASO, A-Y-S-O is like the, every, everyone did it from age five to whenever you want to stop playing, but I was a goalkeeper. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, but I, I, was, I played in, you know, up through middle school, but I realized like going into high school, like... Dubbo was so good that I, there was no so way I would crack good. it. And I was, you know, I focused on basketball. Yeah, you were a basketball sport, guy. So always. I was always playing travel basketball growing up and shit like that until high, playing in high school or whatever. But um, Yeah. Yeah, footy yeah, was, was actually it. my best sport. Like, I was really bad at basketball, really bad at Little League baseball. But I was like a good left winger in footy. And then just being a fucking being a fucking lazy piece of shit that I was I think it was like maybe I was like 11 or something and I was on one of the travel teams and practice moved from 10 a.m. to 8 a.m. and I was just like oh I quit and my mom was like <laughs> I was like what are you talking about I was like that's I'm never going to wake up at 8 a.m. like that's ridiculous I don't fucking care and that was the end of my soccer career I remember I had this like goal saving clearance one time and and this dad, someone's dad on the team was just like, oh, my God, you just, like, won us the game. And I was just like, I, I didn't actually know what was happening or the rules of soccer. I was yeah, just you, like, oh, okay, cool. I remember, like, when we were that age, the best thing was when the game ended to go to the ice cream truck. Exactly. It was just like, get me out of here. Like, yeah. I don't want orange slices at halftime. I yeah. want fucking ice cream immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, Beautiful so I times. guess that's it. Not much. I mean, it wasn't either of our main sports. Ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> that's yeah. the main sport. <clears throat> oh, God. I'm fucking... I haven't talked this much since, like, Wednesday. You sound horrible. You need, like, a spit spit bucket, like <laughs> a spittoon. I've been spitting flames <laughs> so just, much I'm just going to put, like, a filter on the pod that, like, gets rid of all, like, <sighs> clear throat and loogie spitting sounds. This is, like, the first time I've been sick since moving out to L.A., and I don't do well, and I'm sick. You know I'm never sick. I'm, like, a fucking wreck right now. Yeah, man. that's it. That's how I'm same exact yeah. shit. All right, all let's right. do a quick sponsor, and then we'll dive into, like, all the fucking shit. Okay. Are you bummed with the Euro scheduling? Are you going to be missing over half the matches, slaving away at work instead of cheering on your captain? Well, FMLFPL Euros is happy to present Gary Lineker's Linolax. As you may or may not remember, in the 1990 World Cup, Gary Lineker famously shit himself on the pitch. While turning lemons into lemonade, Gary has now put together what doctors are calling a terrifyingly explosive chemical compound. So when you need to get out of work, a wedding, a funeral, or whatever it may be to go watch Euros, don't worry about lying to your boss anymore. Just relax with Linolax. 
So, genius, let's do, we got to start with the rules, because there are some huge changes to the normal FPL game. Most of, the, most of it's the same, like the scoring and shit is pretty much the same, but let's talk about the rules. I think that the biggest thing is the, like, the substitutions, the changing in and out of players and the changing in and out of captains throughout one game week. Yeah, I mean, it's similar if anyone's played Champions League or World Cup Fantasy. Um, yeah where you have your 15-man squad and you can sub in and out players as they play. So if you have someone blanks game week, game match day one of game week one, you can sub them out for someone on your bench that hasn't played yet. So basically it just emphasizes strength of squad over putting like fodder. Like we'll always have a 4.5 million midfielder in FPL. But here if you do that, you're basically guaranteeing that you're going to have a blank out of one of your spots, so it really limits your squad to 14 players. So for us, I mean, we'll be talking a lot more about this, but we put a high emphasis on having a good squad, right? Yeah, and that was that was one of the questions that came in from our Twitter followers. This guy's name is the most insane thing ever. Oystein Wolovic, but the O has like that slash through it, you know? Uh, he's like Polish or something? He's like Danish or Norwegian, or I have no idea. But yeah, he said... Is it better to have a super squad of 11 or one with like 13 to 15 players? Not even 13 to 15 15. is our answer. 15 15. of 15. Because like, yeah, it's just so easy uh, for anyone. I assume everyone who's listening to us plays FPL or some fantasy. Like, you don't know. It doesn't matter who your goalie's playing or like your defender or your striker. Like, you don't know if the points are coming. They don't always come when you want them to come. And the, to be able to sub out, say, like, Mueller blanks, and we can sub him out for some fuck who got a clean sheet on our bench is the difference. You know, it's a big difference in four points right there. And it just is so good to be able to do that and to be able to split your captains up, too. So if you look at the different game days, or what's the lingo? Like, the different... I think it's like match day in the same game week is what I understand. Okay, so if you can split up your captains on the different like match days, meaning like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of the first week of Euros, then that means you get like five, you know, potentially up to, up yeah. to five different captaincy attempts. So if you can just ride it until someone scores like a brace or something or, you know, even just maybe one goal depending how the week's going, then you can just leave it on them and you'll get double their points. But if someone blanks, then it's all good because you get the next day you get to captain someone else. Yeah, and I mean with captaincy in general, there's no bonus points and there's no points for recovered balls like there normally is in the uh, international games. But um, to me, I think that the limit would probably be nine points for captaincy unless if you're looking at that last day when you maybe don't have someone that good. Um, what do you mean the limit? Like, I wouldn't want to stick captaincy on anything under nine points. Oh, oh, oh I see what you Unless mean. Unless if it's maybe, say there's five days within the first game week, if you maybe have someone with six points or something going into the last day and you don't have someone really good, maybe right, you'll, right, you'll right. keep it on him. But I think the way that you set your team up is that you need to look at the different match days and make sure that you have a good captaincy option for each one or Maybe yeah. one that's not that at, good. At but. the bare minimum, your three strikers shouldn't yeah. play on the same day because yeah. those are your heavy-hitting, expensive captaincy options. So you want to have at least three like really good options in those those three. Yeah, and that's, that's a, a kind I feel of like that's bare minimum. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing. Like I've been seeing a lot of teams with Mueller and Lewandowski on them, and they play on the same day. So. To me, it's just such you have to, even though both are great options for points. Yeah, of course, yeah. you have to make sure that you have your heavy, expensive players because you're not going to have many when you have to build a, a squad that they're yeah. playing on separate match days. So that's something tricky, but it's also definitely something that you need to look at. Um, yeah. And then also, I just want to go back to one thing because when you're talking, I just want to make sure everyone understands the subbing is that. Once you take someone out of your starting lineup that has played already, you can't put them back in. Right, yeah, that's important. And same with captaincy. So you can't, like, say someone scores, like, five points and you switch captain to fucking Ronaldo, who plays on the last day, and he blanks. You can't switch your captaincy back to the five-pointer. Yeah, you're stuck on it. You're stuck with the blank. And, yeah, yeah, again, once once you if you sub someone in, so sometimes it gets towards the later stages and you have someone who got, like, four points and then you you don't know if you want to sub or not. Things like that. 
<clears throat> Those are also that's decisions tricky. that can yeah, that's say. that's cool because it, I like that because it adds that extra strategy. I think yeah, of like day to day like maintenance and like actual decision making. You know, like obviously you have to set your lineup in FPL, but it's cool to have like as you said, like someone gets like four points. It's like uh, I don't know, yeah, is it the, worth it? Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I think I'm pretty sure how this is similar to Champions League is that. You have, I think, up until like 15 minutes before kickoff of the first game. Oh, so yeah, I think yeah. the, the, the games are kind of staggered in time in general. I think they kind of are, la- are layered. But um, at least for that first game, if you can, depending on where you live, you can wait to make your subs from players on your bench until lineups come out for the first game on each day. Yeah. So that's also something to keep in mind. Yeah, that's um, nice. And I, yeah. I hate how you, obviously, we, we already said the site is the worst thing ever, but you can't see the fixtures or anything, the times or anything. But if you click matches on the top of that Euro Fantasy UEFA site, then it breaks it up by like the week. And that it's actually pretty good. Like You can see what teams play on what days, and you can go to the next match day and shit like that. So. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. how it is now. That's how could, I do it, at least. Yeah. yeah, all you could do is see like your individual player on your... Yeah, whatever, it's stupid. Okay. Yeah, we need like a ticker. If one of our fans can make like a fucking fixture ticker, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be great. Um, okay, so I think the way we wanted to just structure it was just... Kind of use our current. So we we're sharing a team. So we're just making one FML FPL team. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna have vested rooting interests in just our one squad that we're sharing. So I think we're gonna try and break down um, based on position and just talk about the players we like. Um, yeah, and just some of the decisions we're making overall. Like I'll bring one up just to kick it off. Um, this dude on Twitter at FM Slickback said, when are you going to wildcard and how do you plan to avoid rotation risk? Well, rotation risk we already kind of talked about because we're going to have a 15-player squad and we'll check the lineups before we sub in and out, etc. But when are we going to wildcard is really interesting because the way transfers work, since it's tournament style and teams get knocked out, is much different than FPL. Um, for the group stage, you get one free per like week or per match day. I don't know the fucking lingo. Per week. Um, and then after the group stage, you get unlimited transfers. So basically, like the game gives you an, a wild card. There's no option there. Then you get more and more free transfers as the tournament becomes less and less teams. And you're also allowed to put more players from one single team on your team because there's less teams, so you have to. Like, I think you get, like, eight eight per team in the final or something like that. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, and the reason the wildcard question is so interesting is because you get that free wildcard after group and you get a bunch of free transfers as the tournament gets less and less. So what we were thinking and how we're kind of, like, building our team a little bit is wildcarding before the final week in group stage. So we're basically planning our squad for just the first two matches each. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you said how we get a free wildcard after a group and then you get more transfers per each knockout round or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of teams have really strong first two fixtures and then the third fixture, maybe like the number one and number two seeds in the groups seem to play in some some cases. So also, you know, on that third group day, sometimes teams don't have much to play for or some teams are really found yeah. out. You know who yeah. who are the villas of the tournament, as you would, and, and you want to load up on those kind of players right, against right. those teams. So I think loosely, like, yeah, that's probably how we're looking at doing. But we could it could still change. I mean, we could still be looking at yeah. our team. We've tinkered to, every day. Yeah, going into the third match day or whatever, third game week. Um, and it looks fine, and we just save it for a rainy day. I mean, you could even conceivably not even use it. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, stupid, absolutely. But, but the the but yeah, the I mean, guy the, who won the all of FPL, like not Calvin Chan, the guy who won like all fantasy Premier League number one ranked in the world, did not use hit one of his wild cards. Well, I don't know. Just, just as an example, like he just had a fucking amazing team. He was like, "Why would I use this? Like, uh, I'm like first in the world." <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So that's something to think about too. Just wanted to do it, but yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Do you want to start we... talking about strikers and then work our way back? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, it's 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 a weird pod because it's all anticipation. Like we're just fucking, we're just psyched. There's no terror in the bank, only in the 
in anticipation of it, as yeah. uh, Hitchcock says, I think, or someone. Someone scary. That's very <laughs> that's have too heavy for me. <laughs> um yeah, so let's talk strikers. I mean the strikers that we have in are Kane, Greatsman, and Mueller. So they're actually the three most popular strikers in the game. So we're we're pretty template in the forward line, but I don't know. Where, where do we even start? Like, well, I mean, I think Griezmann, like he was someone we put in late, like France, we for put example. Him in like, late. Yeah. They, I think he's the best captaincy option on France, and they play that first match day like them against the word against Romania. So everyone's and they're the count. only team that plays. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's important to have uh, a really good captaincy option from France, and I don't know. To me, Griezmann seems the best. I don't know, Giroud. You know, I fucking hate him. Yeah. Um, and who knows who's going to be playing week to week? I feel like. He could easily play Griezmann instead of Giroud because Giroud's bad, and just play a four three three with like Paye and uh, Martial up top with him, or who knows? But yeah, Griezmann I mean they're just, so they're so stacked, obviously. Yeah. France Griezmann so just a, seems the best option, so I think he's he's pretty safe in our draft. Yeah, no, I feel great about captaining him. I mean, Pogba's so highly owned, but. I agree with you. I think Griezmann's definitely the best captaincy choice, yeah, as long as he's not on pens. Oh, God, I can't believe you missed that fucking pen. <laughs> and then, yeah, Mueller is a tough one because Lewandowski is such a machine and they play Northern Ireland. Poland plays Northern Ireland first week, but I don't know, for a million less, Mueller just always seems to get so much sh- fucking shit in international for Germany. He's just He's, an international monster. Yeah. Like, I was tweeting to someone about this. Like, he had, he won the Golden Boot two World Cups ago and he won the Silver Boot last World Cup. And Germany is always. Among the like, what top two or three teams? Like yeah. they're gonna make like the semifinal probably at least. He's always gonna lead lead them in goal scoring. Like he, uh, yeah, he's just so automatic for me. Yeah, so I mean that's why we went him over Lewandowski, and then uh, yeah, Kane I think is the one that we're maybe we maybe will switch out. Um, yeah, it's hard with him. It just it seems like such a steal because. As everyone who played FBL knows, Kane is a fucking goal scoring machine, mm-hmm. and eight point five is ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's so fucking cheap. Yeah, for like a top goal scorer, like yeah. But yeah, I don't know. There's there's Russia's other strikers. Tough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Ru- they have Russia, Wales. Like those are really good defensive teams. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, eight five. It could be a place where we could save money. Um, but I mean, yeah. the one thing we don't have is Ronaldo, and I mean, we we started with Ronaldo in our first draft. Yeah. Um, the group is pretty good, except for they play Austria second, so that's a little annoying. Um, Iceland seemed to be a tough nut to crack also, but yeah. it's the kind of thing with Ronaldo, he's so expensive, obviously, and he's so good, but he never seems to... I don't know, 12 is just so much, especially when yeah. he plays on the last day. Like he needs, he need, You need to have like the Mueller pedigree, I feel like, to be 12. You know what I mean? Like If he just... like ripped it up last World Cup. Yeah, and Portugal are, just aren't that good. They always underperform, yeah. And, like, I got to shout out another guy on Reddit, this guy Aries Arsenal. He's doing, like, a lot of, like, statistical analysis. He put up this chart on the Reddit that was all of the qualifying matches, um, like, goal, goal leaders and assists, and he subtracted matches against the bottom two in every group. Because remember in the qualifying... Yeah, like Lick Steiner or whatever. Yeah, it was like fucking ridiculous. It was yeah. just, teams were just scoring like a million goals against them. And once you subtracted those, the guys who took the biggest hits in their like numbers were Ronaldo and Lewandowski. Because yeah. Ronaldo scored like a hat trick or maybe even four goals against like some fucking horrible team. San Marino or something. Yeah, some shit like that. And same with Lewandowski. He scored like a hat trick against some shit ass team. And and like Zlatan is number one with seven goals and Mueller's number two. And there's some gems in there too. But I don't know. To me that kind of like hit home a little bit with Ronaldo where I was just like thinking too much about him on Real Madrid and not enough about him on Portugal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where he's just never really done it that much and they always underwhelm. Yeah, they're just not a high, like a free-flowing side, you know? So. Yeah, like like Germany's going to fucking dominate. You know, like Müller's going to get tons of attempts. Yeah. And that's just, that's what you want out of your big, most expensive heavy hitter. Yeah, the one thing though with Ronaldo that is, it's like playing on the last day. The group doesn't have any really great standout captaincy options amongst those four teams, so it is nice to be able to have him going into the last day as your 
you know, safety net with captaincy as you rotate. But yeah, I mean, it could be a massive like change in rankings on that yeah. last day because everyone who has him will be captaining him. Yeah, probably I'm assuming they haven't gotten the hall already. But yeah, exactly. So that'll but, be interesting. Yeah, and then I mean, Zlatan is someone we haven't really talked too much yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, I love him. Yeah, he's who just doesn't? he's expensive too. But Ireland is a tasty game and. Uh, yeah. That day also doesn't have any really great captaincies. It's like when they, it's like Belgium, who I don't know, De Bruyne is so expensive if anyone's going to have him. And then Italy doesn't have anyone. Then it's like Sweden and Ireland. Like there's not. And Spain and Czech. Yeah, Czech Spain. Republic. Spain's and a tough. Spain doesn't really have like a, a standout. Yeah, it's a, so that does make yeah, him a little. Yeah, he is the big captain that day. You're right. Yeah, it does there's, make him a little bit more attractive to me than some other players just because they, he plays on that day. But. I don't. I also didn't really look so much at the second week, like because they don't all play. They kind of rotate a little bit the teams. Yeah, the scheduling. Play. You mean right? Yeah, it changes. Yeah, the a scheduling bit, changes a lot. It, it makes it like that's why we need the fucking ticker yeah. <laughs> because it it changes a lot on the next day in terms of like distributing your captains evenly and not having them all on one day and shit yeah, like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's we need to look further into that and yeah, maybe our next we pod we'll talk about that some more. Yeah, I mean, next pod will really, I think, get more into the meat and potatoes of like players and scheduling and stuff. Yeah. And this is just a preliminary. Yeah, preliminary al dente pod. Yeah. Uh, so other striker options. I mean, Giroud's he's a good shout eight five. I think you know. Yeah, for he's France. great value. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's certainly a good captaincy option on that first day, but I mean, that with France playing Romania and Albania being home every match, you get you have to have a France attacker somewhere. So you have to have France. Yeah. Attacker, yeah. Um, and then I guess like we we were talking about Murata, but then they also have Nolito, um, and they yeah, also play False Nine, and they're yeah they're tricky. Adarese also. Adarese also, and Murata's never really been a huge goal scorer which kind of like gave me hesitation you know like yeah. he's really really good like I loved watching him on Juve this year and Champs League and stuff he was amazing but he's not like you know for the same price and getting Kane who scored like 25 goals each of the last two years you know yeah, it's like yeah. I, that's not comparable to me yeah and then uh I mean Shakiri is misclassed but Every, he's so much better for Switzerland. Like everything Switzerland does seems to go through him. Yeah. I don't think he's a terrible shot. What about Vardy? He seems to be like really popular budget pick because he's, yeah. he's one and a half cheaper than Kane, and he's also a fucking machine. I'm just still like not sure because if they ever play four two three one, then he's on the bench. Yeah, he's on the bench. So yeah, or just... like I could see him getting subbed. If they're like trying to hold a lead, yeah, subbed early. I just I don't know with Vardy. Like, I think he's good in theory, but I'm just still they have so many options. I feel like other than Kane and attack, like except for Rooney, who's ridiculously expensive, but yeah. I don't really feel like anyone else is like completely nailed on for England. Yeah, it's a little bit scary. With Maybe England. Sterling seems pretty nailed, but yeah, but he's going to bring in Sterling. No, no, I'm just saying in general. Like I don't know Vardy. I think Vardy. We'll have to see who they start in their next. Friendly, but if they're playing like this four three three or diamond or something, then I would rather have probably Vardy than Kane for the savings. But the savings are so important. Like just being able to distribute that one point five. We've already talked about like the strength of squad. Like that turning your like five point backup defenders into five point fives, and your you know our our backup our fifth midfielder six turning him into like a six point five or seven is just so massive. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think in in the seven million and under category for uh, strikers, I think probably Vardy would be the best bet. Um, yeah, Vardy Lafferty. I see like people are really excited about just because he had like ridiculous qualifying record, and I wouldn't go there. Yeah, I to me, it's not. It's just not strong enough. To, for a forward, but yeah, I mean he's he is doing it. He is scoring. Yeah, um, maybe Shane Long's there. I don't know. We we had Mandzukic for a bit, which is interesting. Yeah, I think he's priced pretty favorably at eight, especially given their first two fixtures against Turkey and the Czech Republic. I think Croatia could probably put some goals up. Yeah, and their um, midfield is so fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that, he should get service. I feel like he never does that well for Croatia though, for some reason. Um, I don't know. I, I remember, yeah, I mean, they they were really bad in the World Cup. They yeah. didn't get through. They just, that might like, just be so, skewing me. Yeah, I think that's just skewing because I think I think he does actually have a pretty good record. But I don't know, Mandy Moore. We'll have to see about him. 
Yeah, I do like him. I like him, yeah. And it feels good because a lot of people have Rakitic or Perisic or uh, Modric. And if you get Mandzukic, you kind of cover that because he's a striker. Yeah, I'm looking. Croatia, they play on the same day as Germany. Yeah, so you wouldn't captain it. Yeah, so I mean that's – yeah, if you can't captain your striker. It's a hit. It's not good. It's not yeah, but then for. they they don't play the second week. They don't play with anyone else except for Spain. Yeah, we need to look further into the second week. It's, yeah, especially it's it's upside down. It's, it's yeah, especially just, if we're looking for the wild card in, in before the third week. Then yeah. like we really need to be locked and loaded for the first two. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I like Mandzukic though. I think yeah, I like Mandy. I mean, eight's a good price. And then the 7.5 strikers I've seen in some teams is Janko for Austria. Yeah. And uh, Milik for um, Poland, even though I think he's reversed. I think he's out of position. Yeah, he is out of position, hole. but his record has been ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I like him too, yeah. I don't know much about this Janko character, but... I looked him up, I remember, when, like uh, when we started making our team. Like, yeah. he has a really, really good goal-scoring record. Um and I think he's on Basel, and he's just always put up goals. And he, he's older; he's like a vet, but yeah, he just has a really good record. Yeah, and he's never I mean, not scored. Yeah, Austria. I mean, they get to play Hungary. They have that group with Hungary and Iceland, so they're yeah, fucking. I mean, they should fly through that group. Yeah, they should. But I'm still. I don't know Austria. They're the dark horse, kind of everyone's favorite. They are the dark horse. Yeah, I don't know. Still not too convinced that they're going to just go smash everyone. They were also incredible in qualifying. Must be said. They like scored a million goals, conceded almost none, and yeah. and got yeah, no. all the points. I think. Yeah, no, that's very true. So we'll see. But yeah, Janko yeah. could be a good pick. Yeah, their group is just so bad. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, um, but yeah, basically, that's. I mean, being able to afford three double digit price strikers is pretty un- untenable. Yeah, I don't um, think it's possible. Yeah, it's just this, there are too many other. Uh, too many other positions to fill in the squad, so I mean, and there's finding... also like the pricing. I feel like is really good in the sense that like there's no like four point five midfielder that's just like awesome and nailed, and everyone has him. Like it's those guys don't really exist as much as they do in FPL. It seems like yeah. Let's transition to midfield now. I mean, the one four point five midfielder I've seen in a lot of teams of is Rafa Silva. On Portugal. on Portugal, I think he's nailed. But I mean, it's again, he's not going to get points, so it's not like good. Yeah, like, and you think he's nailed pretty much tells the whole story. Yeah, like, yeah, he's supposed to be playing. Like, I don't. I, that's not what you want in a game where you can automatically sub in and out players. I'm not gonna like sub in a guy who may or may not play. It's basically just having a worthless spot on your team. Yeah, and even if he does play, if his his best case is getting what like a clean sheet point, you're not gonna want to keep that player in your lineup anyway. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's just not worth it. In yeah. yeah. So for midfield for us, I mean, the way that we broke down our prices for midfielder, we have um, two 7.5 midfielders, two 7 million midfielders, and one 6 million midfielder right now. We have Chalhanoglu on Turkey, uh, Perisic from Croatia, Fabregas, uh, Alaba, and uh, Jao Mario. Yeah, who's the sleeper? Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. We both this. know nothing about him. <laughs> yeah, the FFS article is exciting, and his stats were good this year. But yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's basically just trying to get five players who could all return. I mean, the midfield, the premium midfield options. The thing that's tough about it, I mean, David Silva being priced at ten is just a fucking ridiculous, ridiculous. joke. Yeah. But I mean, getting someone like Royce or Goza, I mean, you're getting players on a team that you're not going to captain them because you'll probably have Muller. And yeah. then, I mean, De Bruyne is a reasonable captain's shout. I mean, I think he's a good pick, but it's just hard to fit in a 10 million midfielder, I think. And Unless I would, if, honestly, he, I would never captain him over a forward. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, because the a chances... Shit how good they are. Yeah, he takes, like, he's he's out of a game for 70 minutes. He has, like, one spell where he takes, like, two shots or something. Versus, like, I don't know, some, like, Mandzukic or something. He'll probably get, like... 10 touches in the box and take five shots. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, because the thing with captaincy you need to really look at is you need a brace from your captain each game week. So it's like, and bonus not existing hurts midfielders more than anyone. Hugely. And it's the kind of thing with De Bruyne. I mean, sure, he could score a goal any day, but is he going to get two? Probably not. So I mean, definitely not. Yeah. For you to stick captaincy on him and, and, 
you'd be comfortable is he would have to get a goal and an assist, which is of course that's reasonable. It could happen. Yeah, but, of course, yeah. But you gotta feel more comfortable with a with a forward who's always in the box getting a brace than De Bruyne. Granted he's playing on that day with maybe not, not a lot some of other, captains. Yeah. 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 But I again, mean he's just, probably like the number two captain after Zlatan on that day, but still like I don't know. The next day there's Austria and Portugal and before that, there's a million other captaincy options. Like, there's so many other guys that captain before him. Yeah, and ten million. And he's is the, a lot. the most expensive midfielder in the game. Yeah, um, it's uh, Paye at eight is interesting. We haven't really talked about him. I don't know. I feel maybe it's just because yeah. he's not nailed. So it's he's not just, nailed. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's just not nailed. So I have no idea if he's even a place. So it's yeah. not even worth. I think Martial at nine is a bit of a sleeper. I mean, he's really highly owned, so I can't really call him a sleeper, I guess. But he is going to play out of position. He's going to be an attacking winger, just like he was from for uh, Manure. Yeah. And he's going to cut inside, and he's going to be asked to score goals. So, I mean, getting an out-of-position midfielder is always something we like in FPL. So, you know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think he's a good call um, at nine, especially if, if yeah. you don't want to go greats, mom. Yeah, if you exactly. can afford him, and then you can get a cheaper forward. Um, yeah, that's totally doable. Yeah, Otsel seems to be a pretty good value at eight five, but again, not a captaincy option. It's just being able to skimp on the midfielders and just have volume of quality that's seems so important. It's hard to fit in even an eight five midfielder. It's really hard to fit in. You but um, you basically yeah. mean that means you have pretty much one double digit forward, only one double digit forward, and the other two are like. Eight, eight or 8.5. That's, yeah, that's how we would have to do it, at least. Yeah, unless if you skimp on defense, which we'll get to our defense is not something we're considering. Yeah, not at all, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the 7.5 midfielder region seems to have some good names. I mean, we, we really like Tohanoglu, um, even though the fixtures aren't easy there. Kind of feel like he's the main man for for Turkey, him and Tehran. But... Yeah, I mean, three of our four guys are, like, free kick takers, like, center of the park, the most important midfielder in terms of, like, linking the midfield to the forward line. Like, in Alaba, Fabregas, and Calhanoglu. Calhanoglu. Like, all three of them will be on, like, freeze, corners, like, racking up chances created, assist potential. All three of them, well, less Fabregas, but Alaba and Calhanoglu could easily score on any free kick. Um, Alaba's on pens. Is Calhanoglu on pens for Turkey? Probably, but I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, all of us on pens is huge. And then our others, Perisic, and he's not that kind of guy, but he is a goal-scoring, very attacking, like, inverted winger. So that tells you basically right there where our head's at in terms of, like, picking these kinds of guys over, like, Ozil. Yeah, it's the kind of thing yeah. with the midfield, you know, if you get one assist or one goal out of your midfielder, then they're going to stick in your lineup. So, I mean, that's really what we're looking for is getting players who we think it's a very reasonable thing that they could get one return each game. So yeah. I'm, we're, we're not looking in the 5 million dumpster diving region for the midfield. We're really trying to get all players who are main man-ish on their sides. Um, and, you know, you have to look at the second tier of teams more more or less with this uh, in this region. Um yeah, you know the expensive guys are all like ten or whatever, but yeah, Germany and Spain. Yeah, um, but some other guys that we were looking at that we don't have on our team that we like. I think Hamshik is someone we yeah, like. Yeah, Hamshik, especially after that goal yesterday. Yeah, I mean that goal is fucking fucked up. Yeah, um, but you know special. Wales, Russia, both pretty good defenses. But he's main man for Slovakia, and they've been really good lately. So he, we he, might end up. Yeah, with he's him. similar to like a Chalhanoglu or yeah. like a Siggy, even where he's yeah, just going to be yeah. like. Doing everything. Yeah, we might end up with him. I mean, it's again, it's the kind of thing that we could do. It's sort of looking for us as like Kane and Jao Mario to Hamshik and Vardy. Like, do we? What do we like more? Like, yeah, those are the kinds of that things. That seems easy if Vardy's nailed. Yeah. Yeah. So Hamshik at seven five seems great to me. Plus, I um, love a mohawk. I love his hair. Just, his hair is fucking crazy. Yeah. What Pokemon? Um, what Pokemon is he? Oh, there's a he's there's, like there's some Pokemon that Machop. has like their hair standing. Machop. Oh yeah, Chop, yeah, the <laughs> Chop with his hair sticking yeah. straight up oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, Koke at seven five is interesting if he's playing. We don't know that yet. Um, I, I assume like he's nailed because he's yeah. so fucking good, and I I, I like really him. like him. I recommended him to someone the other day, and we have Fabregas just because we're saving point five. He feels a little bit more nailed and. 
I mean, and if he's playing number 10 at 7 for Spain... If he's playing number 10, yeah. exactly. He'll yeah. get at least an assist a game and shit. Like he, or he should, anyway. Yeah, I mean, Spain are similar to Barcelona in a lot of ways, where they're just, their possession numbers are just going to be like 70% throughout the group stage. Like, yeah. just absurd. So yeah. He's going to have time, space, pick a pass, goal. Like Yeah. Uh, Cruz is an interesting name. I know you, you wanted him in early days. Yeah, um, I mean, it, I I just really like him. I like his skill set, but he plays too deep, yeah, I he think. He plays really deep. He plays super deep. He takes his maybe two, three shots a game, and those are lethal shots. He has an absolute cannon. And he takes corners for Real, which I, I assume he'll lose to Ozil in yeah. international. But, yeah, I don't know. Seven, I think, is a fair price for him, but... Again, like we were we were talking about Modric early days, and he again like plays so deep, rarely shoots, etc. Versus we went someone like Perisic on the same team, who yeah. you know just cuts into the box and shoots a lot more and scores more goals and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. who else are we looking at? I mean, Matt Tweedy is still is only seven. I think yeah, but he's, he's a little so under. defensive. Also, yeah, but he gets up there. I don't know. I, I feel mean, like he's, he's box a to under. box. I guess not just he, defensive. Yeah, I don't know. He does get in there, and they're going to be dominant. All their so midfielders, their midfielders are like box to box. It's kind of weird. Like Pogba, obviously by far the most owned player in fantasy is eight point five, which is too expensive for someone with that goal scoring record. But yeah, he's just everywhere. Like he'll yeah. come back, like clear a ball defensively, and then make a fucking sixty-yard run into the box and score a screamer. So yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen Grosicki from Poland in a lot of teams on FFS. Yeah, he seems a popular guy. Yeah. yeah, he seemed to have a really good scoring record for them in qualifying, but I don't know. I, I don't his. I don't know about him. Um, yeah, a lot of what I'm finding with a lot of the hidden gem type of players that that we've run into is that a lot of those teams have a bunch of different players who are similar. You know, like uh, who is that fucking? Was it a Swiss guy that I was texting you about? Swiss or not Swiss? Maybe Austrian. I don't know. There was some fucking guy that I found that I was like, oh, I like this guy. He has like really good stats and really good uh, record. I know who you're talking and about. You know what I'm talking Kovacic? about, right? No, no, it was, it was some fuck. I don't know. He was good, and then I just slowly, through a little bit more research, was seeing that there's a lot of other guys pricing in the exact same range that are all like kind of good and kind of the same. And I found that to be a problem on a lot of the like lesser teams. It's just a bunch of guys in like the six to seven range. Yeah, we're all kind of similar. And yeah, but like, there's value there. I mean, you got there's you value there. Right but it's like, just, those are the guys. It's just really hard to pick which guy versus oh, yeah. like just getting the forward. Yeah, no, it's really hard. But that's yeah. those are the players that we need to figure out who's the best and go with them because that's where you're right. going to make your money. Right. If you're right. having like sevens and eights in midfield, that's you're you're just set. You know. Yeah, exactly. Because your yeah. forwards are going to blank. Like you're going to finish up on some weeks. You could have like a fucking. Four five one formation, like you know, you you end up with weird formations in this kind of style of game. Yeah, because, because you take guys out who blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's again, it's important to have everyone. But the midfield is, I think, it's a, this is the toughest spot in the game. I think it's midfield. But uh, yeah, let's just finding like one or two budget guys. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, let's we'll just run through some more rapid fire names from midfield. I've, I think I've seen some Darida's stats are pretty good on. Um, Czech Republic. Yeah, I don't know much about him. Yeah, I think he's just like an assist guy. Um, Janusovic, uh, that's the guy that yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ali, I mean, at 6'5", he's in a lot of teams, but still just not convinced he's nailed. We had him for a while. He he might even find his way back in, but yeah, yeah I just I don't, don't know. know. Uh, Weiss, I've seen in a lot of names, or Weiss, I'm not sure which way to pronounce it, on Slovakia, 6'5", he's a creative type. Um, but yeah, it's just he's, scary, like Slovakia. Like I know, but they've been so bad. Good, but, but I don't know. I'm sure. Skirtle. Maybe they're not that bad. Like they've yeah, been skirtle. really good. Yeah, skirtle. <laughs> um, Oleg Shatov, I think, is a little bit of a sleeper. Six five out of Russia. Mm. Uh, he's been had a really good record for Zenit. Uh, he seems to be a pretty good goal scorer. For Russia's kind of one of those teams I'm talking about, though. They have like a bunch of different midfielders who are like. Um, like Cherishev and um, Zagoev. Yeah, Zagoev. They have a bunch of guys who are like good. Cherikov's hurt though. Oh, really? Yeah, he's out. Oh, okay. So I think okay. Kambarov is 
he's out, he's reverse out of position. I think he's a defender, but he's on set pieces. I remember he was really good in the World Cup game because he was yeah. listed as a defender. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I don't. Yeah, no, I hear you. But again, I think that's where the value is. Those are the same thing with Croatia. They have three, four midfielders all between seven and seven five. And you know, right. like one or two of them are going to be great. Score all the goals, yeah, and the others will do nothing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like if we've learned anything from FPL, then we should follow form probably more than anything. Yeah, and follow you know, the, like follow the these friendlies, and and less about like qualifying that happened five or six months ago, and just like who finished their club seasons really strong, who's scoring in the friendlies and stuff, and, and try and ride some form. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I think there's that's, not that much else to go off of. Yeah, I think that's a good... That's what we probably are doing. Um, yeah. Let me see any other... Mac, I've seen him in some teams. He's 6.0 from Slovakia. is also like an assist guy. Yeah, I mean, um, we talked about uh, Dries Mertens and Angolan on Belgium. Yes. 7.5 yeah. seems like you could do better. Yeah, for Mertens is a little much, but Nangolin could, if he's starting, be some value. Yeah, Robbie Brady at six. I don't know. He's he's always pretty good for Ireland. Yeah, I lo- I love Robbie Brady. Yeah, you always gotta love him. And then um, yeah, that's I think that's about it in terms of who we've been looking at. Is probably yeah. these names. No one else really. Uh, just trying to figure out the right pieces of the puzzle. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's go to defense. Yeah, so, I mean, defense, it's, again, I mean, if you get a clean sheet from your defender, it's basically the same thing as getting a fucking goal from your midfielder. And it should be looked at the same thing. I mean, they... That is the moral of the story right there. You just laid it on. Like, yeah. if you're, your forward scores one goal and your defender gets a clean, the defender outscores your forward. What? Right? No, it's six and six. No, isn't a goal for a forward just three? No, it's four, I think. Okay, never mind. But it's 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 no, a but, lot of points. But it, it it he outscores them in terms of value. It's not even close when your forwards. Oh, in terms of value, it's not even close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the way that our our uh, defenders are broken down, are we have two five fives and we have three fives? Is that correct? Um, yeah. yeah. Right now we have uh, Hector on Germany. Uh, we have Bonucci from Italy. Yeah. We have Mangala, who we might remove. I don't know. We we're fucking with that spot. And then we have Dragovic on Austria. And then Ben Davies from Wales, who is also there's many behind the, the scenes. Kind of a lot spot. of behind the scenes talks about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's talk about Mangala because that's a really hot topic. Because as everyone knows, Varane, Varane, Varane from Real Madrid has been ruled out for Euros. Sako, I think, will stay out of the Euro squad, even though the ban got lifted. So it's basically who's going to pair with Koscielny, and it's between Mangala and Rami, right? Yeah. And because Matthew is also injured, and um, Omiti or whatever just got added to the squad, and he's probably below them in the rank. So we assume Mangala, because he's been training with the team forever and is like, more established in the France squad, but I don't know, starting today, it's going to be um, Rami, so it's a little shaky. Yeah, we, I think we just have great. to, yeah, we have to just see if we get any quotes out or any more indications of what's happening there. But uh, having a France defender for those first two games seems pretty, like, a pretty much of a no-brainer, but the problem is Everest, Sanya, and Koch are all sick, so it's just, that's a lot to spend on any any defender. When yeah. you're trying to make sure you have five good ones, that's um, the thing. I mean, we, it's like yeah, yeah. spreading the wealth. Yeah, we might need a plump for one, depending on what happens here. I mean, I, we had Kishalny in our squad for a while. Um, we might need to rejigger and try and figure out how to get him back in because um, having having a France defender just seems like simple coverage. That two. I mean, ridiculous. if you're going to pile up on one team, it's France. Well, yeah. as you said earlier, they're home every match. Their first two matches are Romania and Albania. Yeah, and the third isn't even that bad in Switzerland, who are, are pretty good, but they're not like great by any means. No, they're not. France should really. still dominate the game, so it's probably park the bus. Yeah. You know, so like, yeah, I mean, having France coverage just seems so automatic. Yeah, and then again, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. I like the way they price the defenders. They seem yeah. way too expensive, but they're really not. Like you, when you look at the scoring system with no bonus points and things yeah, like that. Yeah, no, it's fair. Um, how you know all of these defenders being priced at six plus, it makes it more difficult for sure. But I mean, having a Spain defender seems completely unless if you really are just hell bent on having Jordi Alba. 
um, at yeah, seven. Yeah. I mean, you, you know that right back spot's not going to be nailed with Juan Fran. They have so many options, but six five is a lot for them. I mean, Hummels, Alderweireld, all and these you know six, another five. thing like with the pricing and the fairness is like I feel like these friendlies for me at least were a little bit of a crude reminder. Not crude because it's still amazing, and I'm really excited for Euros, but. Just a little bit of a reminder that international is like less crisp than club matches. There's just less like free flowing goal scoring. The players it's are a lot less more familiar with start. each other. Yeah, it's a lot more stop start. There's a lot more like one nils. There's a lot more cleans, and that's where we're gonna load up on defense and try and get some. Where you need clean sheets every week with the auto subbing, the way the yeah. auto subbing works. Like, yeah, I mean, if you don't have three clean sheets a week, you're not gonna do well in this game. Um, you just need that backbone. Um, yeah, it's just like so the free points, being able to sub them in and out. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, I think in the 6 million defender range, there's so many good options, though, to me. I mean, like Fuchs, I think, is still good. Um, Ricky Rodriguez, we had for a while on our team. We yeah, both we like him a lot. Yeah. Boateng is great. Serna's on a lot of set pieces for Croatia. He's really good. And yeah. then you have all the France guys, so... I don't know. We'll probably have a six million. Defender yeah, we'll probably get there down, eventually. But. Yeah, and then yeah, the five fives too. I mean, we we have Hector just because he's the he's the cheapest seemingly nailed route into Germany. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Because Germany's defense has been so bad. Do you think they're just going to be good when the lights t- are turned on again? I mean, it be, it feels foolish to not rely on Germany. You know, like yeah. what fucks do they give about like warming up? Yeah, the, they're the best thing the ever Cup. every tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Hector's, like, I'm not going to, like, stop thinking they're good just because, like, they maybe stumbled a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Hector seems nailed. He's kind of attacking, which usually, like, you can't say on a German defender. Yeah. So, like, that's a little extra bonus potentially. But, yeah, I mean, I you, you got to have blind faith in Germany at this point. Yeah, I think I agree. Schar um, yeah. is a pretty good 5-5 for Switzerland. He scores a lot of goals, but yeah, yeah. I don't know how nailed he is. Or he's a little hurt, I think. He's a little hurt, yeah. I mean, yeah. like you'd probably rather have Ricky Rod. Yeah, and then England. I mean, we all England's defenders are priced five five or higher, except for Dyer, who's at five playing out of position, yeah, nailed yeah. out of position. So I don't know. We had him for a while, and they play Russia and Wales the first two weeks. But England's defense, I don't know, just doesn't seem too convincing. It seems so bad. Yeah, yeah. It just seems weak. Like the fullbacks are good, not great. The center backs are mediocre. Hart is pretty good. Dyer's like okay at holding, but kind of like asked to do too much, I feel like. He's the only defensive player. Yeah, and you could see him getting the card every day. Every day, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I don't know, Russia's a tough team for me to read because they always seem to do fairly decently. I don't think they're a pushover. No, I don't um, think so either. But that yeah, Wales game good. surely is a clean sheet. Yeah, that Wales but, seems like a nailed clean sheet. But, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, all it takes is a bail. Yeah, Ding a bail, dong. some magic. Yeah. But I still think Dyer at five is good value. But it's I wouldn't definitely be, good value. Yeah, I wouldn't we might be go looking. back to him. I just don't feel good. Yeah, I wouldn't be England. looking at any other defenseman for uh, England, though, other than that. Everyone else yeah. is way more. Yeah. Um, and then who else at the 5-5? Five, five? I guess Pishak well, is I mean, pretty we have, good. We have Benucci, which Benucci, was, yeah. Yeah, we had, we had to talk about it before being convinced on it because they start against Belgium, which is obviously a bad fixture. And then even Sweden and Zlatan is a little sketchy. You'd prefer some shittier team. But the thing with Italy is, like, they're just always the best thing ever defensively. They're always a fucking fortress. All three of the center backs have been playing together since they were, like, fucking five years old. Like, Buffon is the best thing ever. They're just so solid and underrated every single international tournament that just getting, like, an actual good goal-scoring threat in Benucci and, like, leader of the defense at 5-5 on the best defensive team seems really good. Yeah, I think it's just that Belgium match that sucks because you can't yeah, imagine a clean there. But, yeah, we kind of just like him. I don't know. Yeah, we I just like if, him. The way, yeah. the way that, like, I kind of worded it to you was, like, on match day one or, like, game week one, whatever it's called, where they play Belgium, he's our fifth defender. You know, so whatever, he'll probably be on the bench. And then all of a sudden, two, and if we don't wildcard and have him in three, he's like one of the first names in the team sheet. So, you know, it just, 
flip-flopping your five defenders, having five good ones that play allows you some flexibility. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, I guess Vert is at 5-5 five, five, or Tongan. Um, Lombards is 5-5, five, five, except I don't think he's playing. I mean, we don't know about Denaire, who's 4-5 for Belgium. I think Wilmots did say that he's going to be playing center back. Yeah, so I think, if he is, that's a good fucking value pick. Yeah, I think, I mean, we had him a while ago, but that seems like someone that I would prefer to go down to him versus having a Wales defender. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, free up point five to point five is massive. Yeah, that brings us to a six or something. Yeah. Um, So I mean, Belgium seems like a team that would be nice to have a defender from because they're probably going to boss a lot of games. But um, you know, Courtois back there, I still feel like he's a good goalie. Um, Yeah, he just had a weird season. Yeah, and they just have so much quality, and their defensive line is really good. So I think Denier at four or five, if he if he does end up playing that next friendly, he didn't play this previous one. Yeah, um, they do have a lot of options though. It's a little, a little nerdy. But that's really the only four or five that we've even like had in our team at any point, right? Yeah, the only other four or five that I read about is that guy versus Salko on Croatia, who's I think a fullback who's yeah. supposed to be nailed. Um, but other than that, yeah, the four or fives are pretty slim pickings. Um, yeah, and like, and it's weird because it flip flops. Like in FPL, you're looking for cheap nailedness, and like you could kind of give a fuck if they're on like a bad team because they'll probably never play, but. In an emergency, they'll automatic sub in or something. But in this, I'm looking for someone who's better than just nailed. That's yeah, why, like, Denaire yeah. on Belgium is good because, like like you said, they'll boss games and get clean sheets and shit. Like, yeah. I don't want, like, a fucking Romania defender. I don't give a shit if he's 4 or 4.5. Like, that, yeah. he'll never, ever be subbed in by me. So he's just, like, it's like playing... With a 14-man squad versus a 15-man squad. Yeah. You know, you're just going down a man, basically. Yeah. Um, so. The other four or five guys, I think Hinteregger and Protel, whoever wins that, could be a good value for Austria because one yeah. of them has to play next to Dragovic. Yeah, that's so, I good mean, value. Yeah, I mean, if that becomes clear, then maybe we go from Dragovic to them. But yeah, yeah. that would be good value. I know I was reading somewhere that maybe... There's an outside chance that Jose Font plays for Portugal. Yeah, like Font and Pepe or yeah, something. Yeah, he's 4-5, yeah. so if that happens, there's there's a potential option. But other than that, the 4-5s, there's not much. But Yeah, there's a lot of potential guys and like things we need more information on. But the fact is, it's like less than two weeks away. Like I don't know when we're going to get that fucking information, you know? Yeah, so. especially the 5.0. I mean, there are a ton of 5.0 options, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if we're going to end up on Mangala, but I was actually just noticing Giaccarini is class as a defender, and he played like midfield last game for them, and they're friendly. Yeah, he's a midfielder. That's really weird. Yeah, but if he's nailed, I didn't know he would be nailed at all. I thought he wouldn't be like near the team, but. Yeah, he is the weirdest fucking player ever because he like could not break into like the Sunderland Sunderland, squad. And then he like always plays for Italy. Yeah, I don't know, but that could be an interesting move at five out of position. I don't yeah, know. if he's nailed, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who? I mean, all the Wales guys—they play so defensively. Yeah, I mean that's um, why we have Ben Davies in the first place, right? It's like I don't yeah. expect Wales to be like a, a terrific or anything this, no, yeah. in the Euros, but they're just like the most. They play five back, like they're just to a T, park the bus, and counterattack with. With Bale. That's yeah. like their entire game plan. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, there are those middling teams who you're not sure if they're good or not, kind of like Poland, like Glick, you know, he's five. Yeah. Um, you have, you know, defenders from those those kind of teams where Joru's there for Switzerland. Yeah. Um, some of the Russian defenders. Um, if you if you pick a team that you like or you think they're, they could keep some cleans, that, those are good picks. Yeah, um, you know we have Dragovic from Austria. We like Austria's chances a lot. I yeah, we like their group and, yeah. and their chances to just dominate. Yeah. yeah, and then I mean like Kyle Walker's five. I don't know if he's going to be. He, he's probably the first choice right back over Klein at this point. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Kind of, they yeah, could also switch. Rotate. Yeah, they could yeah. just rotate. Yeah, and uh, and then I don't know what's going on with Howdes for Germany. I'm still I still don't know who their backline is outside of. Uh, Hummels, Boateng, and Hector, who if they're playing three center backs again and he's just playing out of position or what, but Howardus is only five, so he could have Yeah, emerge. he could be good. Yeah, he yeah. could overtake Hector for us. Yeah, but that's the kind of thing is with defense is just picking players from really good teams and covering yourself. Probably best chances are to get the cheapest nailed defensive option versus someone who might have a little more attacking threat. 
Um, yeah. Just because the point five makes such a big difference when you only have a hundred million for fifteen. And three men. games, like such a small percent chance of getting an attacking return, and also with no bonus, makes the attacking return less valuable in general. Because yeah. like someone like Fuchs is the perfect example. Because FPL, he didn't even need to get an assist to still get max bonus, just because of the chances created. Uh-huh. But, like, he really didn't have that many attacking points this year. He just got all those bonus because because he was attacking in nature. But without that, it's just, like, just give me the nailed good team players and, and you know, I'll roll with the clean sheets because that's, that's going to happen much more often than attacking returns. Yeah. And then let's close out with goalie. Uh, so we're on Almer and Sommer, uh, Albania, I'm sorry, Austria and Switzerland. They're both priced at five. Um, all of the goalies from the top, top teams are five, five or higher, yeah. kind of. But um, we don't want to spend more than 10, but we also want to make sure we have two players so that we could rotate. I mean, getting that six or seven pointer out of goalkeeper is very important. So, um, you know, we have Almer playing. Yeah, uh, we like Switzerland and Austria, like two of the like upper middle tier teams in like not that good of groups. Like, yeah. Switzerland plays the two bad teams before they play France. They play Albania and Romania. And Austria, pretty much Same. every team in their group is bad. So, yeah. yeah, like, we just, it's a good chance of a clean sheet between one of them, we think. Yeah, and if you, weeks. and if you're for, you know, if we have Sommer playing first and he keeps a clean sheet, then we just let Almer sit on the bench. And that's, I mean, that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good problem to have. But we want to make sure you cover yourself so you have two, two bites of the apple for. Yeah. The goal clean sheet. Yeah, and for the millionth time, it's about spreading the chances of a clean sheet versus, like, sure, like, I love Gigi Buffon and, like, Neuer's the best goalie in the world, but, like, it's not worth having Neuer and a 4.0 or a 4.5 on some fucking shit-ass team or someone who doesn't even play versus having two goalies to choose from on pretty good teams. Yep, you need a clean sheet. You you need a clean sheet. It's just so much higher chance, and there's more chance of save points on the on these middling teams too. So. Yeah. So some of the other five goalies, I think that are good shouts. Probably I've seen Rui Patrico on Patricio, a lot of teams. Yeah, Patricio. Yeah. Uh, Subasic seems pretty good to me. Um, Chesney. Yeah. Poland's, they, they seem okay. Yeah. And then I, I think. I can fav on Russia. Yeah. Is usually does he good, start yeah. over? Yeah. Lodigan. Yeah. He, he did in the world cup. I mean, he fucked up in the world cup, but maybe he'll get dropped, but yeah, I mean, he's solid. Yeah, but I think that's pretty much it. And then in the four or five realm, I think uh, Randolph is a starter for Ireland, even though he's terrible. Yeah. Um, and then I've seen the most popular. Wait, Darren for- Randolph? Actual. Yeah. Oh my god! You can't get goal. Darren fucking Randolph. Yeah, I, now I'm starting to really want to get slot on the captain in the first. Place. Oh, I thought you were about to say get Randolph, and I was no. about to flip. Yeah, I kind of want slot on. Uh, we dude. might need to fuck with some shit later, but we'll see oh for the next one. And then the four or five goalie I've seen of choice is Kozicic on uh, Slovakia. They play Wales and Russia first too. Um, yeah, that's it's a pretty good, good matchup. Yeah, it's a good, so. the good matchups, and it's good savings because again, the point. And their midfield so good, you could see them dominating. Yeah. yeah, they they could certainly have been good in general. I mean, that could be a good a good shout at saving saving point five or so and sticking with him. So yeah, um, I mean, that's we could, kind of we could thing. look into that. We could but, look into that because yeah. I mean, if we have Sommer, I don't know if it's a little redundant to have someone like Almer, who's I mean, Sommer plays first, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. And Almer does a Portugal. I mean, we could go with that little four or five little Kozicic guy. I don't know. Yeah, that might help us in our uh, Zlatan fund. Mm-hmm. Our Zlatan piggy bank. Yeah. Who plays first? Uh, let me see. We'll look at it. We'll yeah, look we'll at it. it later. But right. I think I think that's it, right? I mean, yeah, we're just like it's, it's a weird long. prelim pod. It's been an hour already. So yeah. But yeah, basically. Next pod will probably come in. Next, next week. pod will be like more like a normal one, like that's like. Right before the game, the Euros actually start. Yeah, so. we'll probably get more into like our final team. I'm sure we'll have we have a lot more tinkering to go. Yeah, and then um, and, and hopefully we get some more like it, people start emailing us and shit again. Like email us your teams fmlpl at gmail Like your rate my teams, all that shit. We'll go over decisions with you guys and stuff and. We'll get some more like quotes and news from managers and that yeah. kind of shit. So it'll yeah, all it, tighten up a little bit. Yeah, but it's exciting. This is fun. I'm I'm really looking exciting. forward to uh, to Euros and fantasy is fun when you get to rotate and switch captaincies because it's just like more nuts every day when you have your captain playing. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like 
Yeah, that's super exciting. Yeah, it's yeah. really fun. And also getting to listen to uh, producer Nate's incredible theme music is, oh, is a treat. God. <laughs> so fucking good. Like, man. I want you to just close your eyes and imagine you're in, like, the fucking woods in, like, South Wales or something, just, like, at a fucking crazy rave every time you listen to them. To the yeah, it's, it's good. That's good. good. I mean, we had one rate my team email so far, actually, but I forgot to respond. Maybe I'll do that after we finish. Oh, yeah. Do that after your pod. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Check us out, fmlpl.com. Follow on Twitter, at fmlpl. Email us. Uh, join our fucking league, for sure. Like on Facebook, rate on iTunes, all that shit. Cheers. Podcast Network.